Jacko back here again on the Brisbane Football Review's MPL Sunshine Scott and you as usual. Adam, we're going to jump straight into this weekend. How are you? I'm good. Uh, very, very exciting weekend. Probably one of the best local football weekends in a very long time. And we'll get across all of it in the next, uh, what are we aiming for, 45 minutes tonight? Let's aim for that. We'll try and keep it. Try and keep it moving, but we will have to go through the FQPL 1 and 2 grand finals later on the show. But we'll start, as always, with the MPL men's competition. We'll start in round 20, Friday night, up there at AJ Kelly Park. It was a 3-0 win for Peninsula Power. Goals from Lewis Greenwood, Josh Woolley, and Andy Pengelly scoring his 28th goal of the season. Gave Peninsula Power a 3-0 win over East Suburbs and secured back-to-back premierships for Peninsula Power, the third team to achieve that. It's a marvellous achievement for that side. It's one we've been coming for a while, but it's still a great achievement nevertheless. Yeah, it's a bit of interesting sort of uh, post-lockdown for Peninsula Power, but yes, they finally got there in the end. Um, it, it, was a, it was almost, it would almost be a sense of relief more than anything that uh, mind you, it, they did the hard work early on. They, they had almost an insurmountable lead. Um, I guess it which gave them plenty of room for error and sort of a dip in form, but um, yeah, they, they were just uh, way too good against an East team that probably, you know, they're, they're just treading water as far as the end, end of the season go. They're, they've uh, mission accomplished for them. They'll be back next season in the top flight. But um, look, they, they were they were okay, yeah, East. Like they, they did challenge um, and, and were stubborn against uh, potential power up there on Friday night. But uh, at the end of the day, uh, just just I think the class of power got them through. Lewis Greenwood, um, again, he has he has been um, exceptional even in games where uh, power have not played well. He has been good. He has been absolutely fantastic. It's a really well-rounded team. So they've changed the way they play this year compared to last year, playing a different shape and. You hook up with Ben Ryan, we'll hear from him in a moment. But it just seems like they've found a way to to reinvent themselves this year, Peninsula. Yeah, um, and obviously as well, like I so said, they play plenty of injuries and play injuries to key players. You know, losing Sam Cronin, you know, very early in the year, he just cannot seem to catch a break as far as playing extended amount in a season. Um, and then sort of in later times, losing you know a pivotal you know, player like Michael McGowan and Brendan White. As well, and uh, yeah, Matt Boyd as well, who all factored in at some point, and they've, they've found they seem to have found a way. And even Lewis Greenwood, he's reinvented himself, being you know going from a fullback to seem to be more playing a lot more advanced in a midfield sort of winger role. And yeah, he's just thrived on that. He has. I think he's been absolutely fantastic this year, and I think they've overcome a lot with teams, but they've got a really good squad and that's helped them overcome it. But it's 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 a it's a marvelous achievement, and as I mentioned, it's only the third team to do it back to back. Brisbane Strikers did it a few years ago. Obviously, Lions in their first two years they went back to back in the Premiership, and now Peninsula Power. That's a it's one thing to win it, win a trophy. It's even it's so much more when you back it up, isn't it? Absolutely, uh, it, it's it's easy to climb the mountain, but to stay up on top of the mountain that takes. That takes, um, you know, some real effort as far, especially as well as, as you know, it comes to squad, sort of, you know, reinventing the squad, you know, bringing players in. Because as we've seen, not always can you have rely on the same 18 to 20 players they had the previous season to defend. And uh, in, in all those three cases, you know, both, you know, strikers, lines and power from the first season, the second season, there's been some turnover in the squad to ensure that that, that premiership defence is a, six, a successful one. Absolutely. The next step for power will be to try and go at least one step further in the finals. Let's see what happens about that in the next few weeks. But firstly, you caught up with Ben Ryan after the game on Friday night because you were up there at AJ Kelly Park. Let's hear what he had to say talking to you on Friday night after securing back-to-back premiers for Peninsula Power. I'm joined by the uh, assistant coach for Peninsula Power, Ben Ryan. Ben, first of all, congratulations on uh, claiming the premiership tonight. Cheers. Thank you very much. Um, obviously, we, we knew we had a chance to do it and... Uh, Took us 15, 20 minutes to get going in the game, really, but uh, yeah, we just over the moon. Yeah, I was going to say, did that first goal, um, did that sort of sell down the nerves, knowing that all you need was a, was the win tonight? I think so, and I certainly think the second goal, right on half time, probably um, probably helped us massively. But uh, look, when you need games to win leagues, um, you're always a little bit nervy, and thankfully we uh, we scored first, and that's that's key, you know. Back-to-back champions, uh, premiers, I should say. Um, how, how is it different from this season for last season, being the hunter this season, compared to sort of being the hunter? Um, 
I don't know really like we, we just try and win every game we can um, and I, I, I don't really think it didn't really feel any different I think next year after being back to back I think that might but um, yeah but we, cheers. We, we just try and win every game and yeah, I haven't felt a noticeable difference um, obviously on the game tonight, uh, Lewis Greenwood scored the first goal. His, um, I guess, performances in the last month since he's been going for, he's, he's been probably one of your senior players. Is that be fair to say? Yeah, he's. I, I think he's, for me, if, you, if you're picking players in the league who are standouts who could go to the next level, he's only, what, 21-year-old? Like, I, I certainly think he could go to the next level. He's been superb for us for the last two and a half years. And finally, obviously, two games to go. Gold Coast United next week. Morton Bay, uh, I don't Morton Bay, uh, so Coast, sorry, following that. Um, obviously, nothing changes ahead of the finals? Um, no, we, we look to try and win games. Um, I suppose when it comes to team selection for the next two weeks, we, we want to win the games. We also want to give minutes to those who need it going into finals. We want to rest lads who need a rest. Um, but, yeah, we still want to win the games. Anyway, thanks, uh, Ben, and uh, congratulations on uh, wrapping up the Premiership tonight. So that was Ben catching up with Adam there on Friday night. And AJ Kelly Buckner will, of course, pick up the trophy on Saturday night, I believe, at home to Gold Coast. Now, it should be a great occasion up there at AJ Kelly Park. We'll move on to a couple of other games now in round 20, which had ramifications on the rest of the top four. And let's just start off with Bruce and Raw Academy, actually, because they became the second team to secure their final spot for the first time in their club's history with a 5-0 win away to oh, the home team in Mackay against Mad Bryce Crusaders. Two goals for Cyrus Demi, his 21st and 22nd of the season. Also goals from Louis Zabala, Keegan Nielsen, and an own goal. Giving them a 5-0 win. I think it was 4-0 at halftime, Adam. It was a professional win for the Royal, which we expect of them. But as an achievement, their first time in the final series coming up is a magnificent achievement, isn't it, for Chris Grossman and his side, which has obviously had a lot of changes with players coming and going. But to get to the finals is a great achievement. Yeah, right. Look, uh, congratulations to Chris Grossman and the entire team uh, there. That they they really have been, you know, a revelation this season. Uh, the young players have stepped up. They've continued going, and despite a number of them having you know a league uh, sort of you know either senior contracts or even um, you know youth youth deals, they're sort of stuck by the youth team and uh, yeah, they will be playing finals for the first time and uh, there's a bit of a discussion sort of going around about whether Raw are even eligible for the finals and that, that was a rule uh, many years ago but in the same token, just as much as the Raw are eligible for finals, they were also eligible for relegation so um, not that they are maybe you know, a couple of years ago that I was sort of a bit of a threat in that relegation. Um, I think it was the year when no one ended up getting relegated anyway. Um, unless we forget about that, the better. Um, but, uh, but yeah, but at the, at the top end of uh, things now, yeah, we're all playing finals for the first time. They will be, and it's a great achievement, you're right. I mean, they've, they've improved a lot over the last couple of years. This year in particular, they've become a team which can not only challenge and threaten those those top teams. I've actually managed to beat a couple of them, and that was the step I know they wanted to take, and they've certainly done it this year. They have, and that, that that's the most important thing that this squad has matured and developed to a point that yeah, that you know, being competitive against the what we've called the heavyweight clubs, you know, over you know over the last couple of years, when I talk about you know a potential power or you know a Lions Olympic, you know, Gold Coast Knights, Stephen Arden, um, they haven't got a win over Gold Coast Knights yet, but there's others who they've beat them this season. That is the difference, is that they have, they can beat those top teams now. It's an eight-win improvement or a 24-point improvement on last year so far with one game to us. It's a massive improvement this year from the Brisbane Raw. We'll move on to another game which was played on Sunday, which did have ramifications on the top four, and it was Another disappointing loss for the Sunshine Coast Wanderers at Morton Bay. It was a 6-3 win, ultimately for Morton Bay. Rio Wano scored himself a hat-trick to get him to 21 goals for the season. Joe Scott, Zach Kierpel, and Ethan Grimley on the score sheet for Morton Bay as well. Riley Campbell, Jacob Fulk, and Harry Harnison on the score sheet for the Wanderers. It was a game which finished with 10 men each. Oliver Duncan sent off early for the Wanderers. Declan Smith sent off late on for Morton Bay. But it's a good result for Morton Bay, which ultimately... I think they've officially been eliminated from the finals picture now, but it's a good result for them. But it's a tough one for the Wanderers, isn't it? Yeah, I think they're going to go away saying uh, with uh, Sunshine Coast Wanderers that the the game ended for them six minutes in when 
Um, Ollie Duncan did get sent off for what was a very rash challenge. I don't think, uh, looking at the replay, depending on, and I, I say this objectively, everyone knows that you know, I'm, a, I'm a. You uh, know you're the mayor of, of Morton Bay. Yeah, but yeah, that one. If if a Morton Bay player had done the same to a Sunshine Coast Warner spot, I'd say straight red. So I don't think he gave much option. And then it, it, and then it was a goal fest. Um, okay, a few soft goals from both sides. A few um, very very well taken goals. I know Rio Ono's two two of his three goals were very very good. Good goals. So, um, yeah, it was a bit of a goal fest at Walter Park tonight, but that really puts a dent in Sunshine Coast Wanderers' uh, finals hopes now. As we'll go through the permutations of that later on, but we'll go through. The result did help one team. It helped Olympic FC. We were at Goodman Park for this game, and it was a 1-0 win for Olympic over Lions to see their old rivals. Shannon Brady scored literally right before the halftime break to give them a 1-0 win. But there's more to it than that, wasn't it? They seemed to play a bit of a different shape, Olympic, and it really troubled Lions. It did. Um, yeah, for, for the first time, I know we've seen, I'm not sure if it, if, uh, it was on Valdo and that, but uh, yeah, three at the back for Olympic. And that really seemed to stifle and um, sort of disrupt the way Lions you know, like, like to play. And uh, even though Lions do deploy their own back, back three and have used it, you know, with with plenty of success, uh, you know, in, in their nine nine match winning streak that that came to an end tonight. Uh, yeah, but I, they did. They may be the innovators of as far as you know, be able to play defensively, but in, in attack, they just didn't seem to have much punch tonight. Absolutely. It seems to be the in vogue formation as well. It was mentioned at the Grand Peninsula Power play that way. Yeah. Lions have played that way. Olympic play that way. A couple of other teams do as well. So it seems to be the formation that teams are choosing, but it just didn't. Lions really struggled. They couldn't create many clear cuts. They had one which was, I think it was Mikula who had a shot blocked by Danny Driver on the goal line. That was the best closest yep. they came. They pushed a lot in the second half in fairness to Lions. They certainly had a lot of possession and territory, but there weren't enough clear cut chances, not by Lions standards, were they? Uh, no, especially the first half. They were very, very, I'm not going to say flat, but they were really, they didn't trouble. Uh, Lockie Hunter and the um, and the Olympic defence in the in the first half. Olympic, their first half, they were very very good. They and they probably should have been more than um, one nil up. And, and that and that goal, albeit late from Shannon Brady, was on the stroke of half time. And they probably should have been a couple more up from there. So I think Lions actually would have been very very uh, thankful that they, it was only a one goal deficit. But even that. Um, but look, they, they, other than that, yeah, that, that miraculous block by uh, Dane Driver, uh, which I don't think he knew much about. Uh, other than that, they, they really didn't look like he was scoring tonight. He might not know much about it, but he'd certainly be claiming it. I know I would. It was a great block. <laughs> it's a result which certainly, we'll go through it we'll later, later on, but it certainly does just tilt things completely, doesn't it? Olympic now, they're in a, the box seat to not only secure a finals position with their final two games play, but they're also look like they might finish in third and put Lions potentially in a position where they need to win next weekend. So it certainly does throw up the fact that it might we might have expected it to like come clearer this weekend. It's actually become even more confusing. It has. It's like two weeks ago, we'll say after they drew with Redlands, we're saying Olympic are in trouble that they may miss the finals. They get they get a uh, a very very handy win on the road to Sunshine Coast Wanderers that says okay that. That leveled it up, and it set the stage for this big game tonight. And look, it was a it was a great crowd uh, again at Goodwin Park. Sunday night football at Goodwin Park is you know is always fun, especially when the big clubs come to town. Well, at least into that part of the town. Um, and uh, and yeah, and uh, it was set the scene. Uh, we we expect Olympic, even though sort of. They're, sort of, they're, they're trying to sort of undersell a little bit. Look, you expect them to pick up six points in the last two games. You know, a midweek game against uh, Magpies Crusaders and then a final round game at Perry Park against um, against Strikers, who they beat 10-0 um, in the first go around. So you expect them to pick six, all six points up, and that should be enough to get them to third. Before I throw to Ben Khan, where's that final round game being played, by the way? Oh, sorry. Um, that I misspoke. Up at the Park de Paris, I believe. Thank you very much. You put some respect on the Park de Paris. Now, we did, <laughs> after the game, we did catch up with the coach of the big Ben Carthus. We had to say after the win over Lions SC on Sunday night. 
I was talking about the coach of Ben Khan. Ben, 1-0 winners here over Lions FC and early, a goal right before half-time. It's a really crucial three points, isn't it? Massive three points in the context of the season. Um, you know, we knew that coming into the game. Uh, we probably needed it just that touch more than they did. I think results, the way results have gone tonight, you know, they, they'll probably just sneak in. Um, but yeah, look, massive performance from the boys. Yeah, you know, we had to, we had to win. Simple as that, and we, we got the job done. You've had two really big games back to back now after Wanderers last week on Lions. You've got two slightly easier games. There's no games easy, but two games with teams in the bottom half of the table. Does that kind of make it? I would make this game more important for you to get the result here tonight. Um, no, the way we approached it, it, you know, when we drew with Redlands, we we knew we probably had to win four from four. Um, so every game's it's the only game, the only important game's the next one because if we drop points at Sunny Coast or, or here tonight against Lions, then you know, we, we, we probably we probably drop out. So uh, we'll we'll be approaching Mackay in exactly the same way. Uh, you know, it's, it's two more grand finals for us. We you know we're desperate to be in the four and. We'll, do everything we can to make sure we're there. Absolutely, um, slightly different formation from what we've seen from the look in the past. Three at the back. Can you explain the thinking behind that? Um, we kind of we, we've we've moved between uh, between that and a four at the back um, throughout games and over the last few weeks. Um, you know, Glover, Zach, and Driver have got a really good relationship, and they're, they're you know really solid. And you know, we know we know that. Um, you know, we, we probably haven't quite got the attacking capacity that we, uh, we we've, we've had in the last few years. So, have to have to find another way to to adapt and and uh, and get results and yeah, we <laughs> work tonight. So, you haven't spoken to you for a few weeks. We've got to ask you. Obviously, it's the last time we spoke to you, Jez Lofthouse has been confirmed as signing for the Brisbane Roar in the A League. Um, as someone who's worked with him so closely for a long period of time, you must be absolutely thrilled for him to be able to get that opportunity. Yeah, so we're so happy. We're so proud of him and. Uh, you know, really of the belief that he's uh, he's at home at that level, and um, you know, given given some time and uh, you know, time to adjust to the to the step up in intensity and the, I guess the the full time nature of the of the uh, of the job. Uh, I think he's going to do really well. Uh, obviously, it's a massive loss to us for the run home, but uh, it's uh, you know, we're, we're everybody here is so proud of him and, and wishing him all the best. So that's three players in the A League that you've coached now, isn't it? Is that correct? With Henry and Josh Nisbet as well. Uh, he, well, yeah, but if you, if you, yeah, but but all the boys that were, you know, Lockie Wales, Gianni Stensness, um, you know, all of those boys as well. But yeah, yeah, so yeah, really happy and you know, really proud of those boys. And great, great for Henry, Jez, and Nizzy, you know, three three regional Queensland boys, um, you know, kind of grew, grew up together and. A lot of people, a lot of people did a lot of good work and believed in them, and, and ultimately they've all got, you know, all got really, really good families behind them, and all, all back themselves. And it's great to see that, um, you know, boys can come from places like the sunny coast and come through the system and, and come through the MPL and ultimately end up in, in the A League. Yeah, it's great for Queensland and really great for them. And just finally, we've had a lot of battles against the Lions over the years. Good to get the three points against them, I imagine. Yeah, look, you've said to the players all week. Every time we end up in a big game, it seems to be against Lions, and <laughs> we're so familiar with each other now. And it's uh, it, it, it's pretty much a case of um, you know when we play them, we know that we know there's going to be a, a goal in it or no goals in it, or it's going to be you know a mistake or moments of brilliance that win the game. So you know, if it was, you saw tonight, it's a game of two halves. First half is probably the best we played all year. We, we were so dominant and. And really good, and, and second half we weren't we weren't able to to maintain the press as well, and we got caught uh, sitting a bit deeper. Um, boys were a bit reluctant to step out and leave gaps, and, and it ended you know resulted in us absorbing a lot of pressure. But yeah, you know, both it's such an even game. They were they were all over us in the second half, and we were all over them in the first. And ultimately, Kate Shan took his chance, and Driver got the block on on the line. And they're the moments in games that that, that win and lose big games. And thank you to Ben Khan Olympic, as always, for providing that chat to us. Now, Adam, there was we were at we were at AJ Kelly Park on Saturday night for the FQPL one and two grand finals. But we will we will get to those in just a moment. But first, let's talk about the rest of the MPL. It's a result which we were both hoping it might happen to lead to what will happen in two weeks' time. But not, we don't, I don't think we really expected it would happen. Redlands United two, Gold Coast Knights one. Goals from Guy Santana. And James Bonomi gave Redlands a 2-0 lead. Jason McQuasse got a goal back from the penalty spot for Gold Coast Knights. But we'll talk about, we'll talk about Gold Coast first. Because them, it, 
pretty much rules them out of the top four, doesn't it? Uh, mathematically, they're still in it, but you may as well say they're gone. Um, only because of the run home, the relative run homes of the teams around them. Um, I think that was the last that was the last chance that that loss to uh, Redlands now pretty much has them uh, thinking about when the waiting game about the uh, FFA Cup when their opponent will be finally revealed. And still, they've, they've got a bit of a wait for that. When you start talking about mathematically, you can almost rule a line. So it's been a up and down year for down there on the Gold Coast for the Knights. They've got one game to go in the derby. I'm sure they'll raise themselves for that, but it probably won't be a finals campaign for them. And for Redlands, the result is they had to win the game, first and foremost, to to set up a potential derby decider in two weeks. But it also was reliant on Logan Lightning doing them a big favour against Capalabar in front, which they did by three goals to two. Logan's goals from Matt Green, Liam Goulding and Jed Brown. Capalabar's from Jacob Mundich and Tristan Hugo. And those two results means that this scenario, which we have spoken about for about a month on this show, Adam, this final round Redland City derby between Capalabar and Redlands at Max Haynes Field, potentially for everything, is actually going to be for everything. And I know it's a game we're both very, very excited for in a couple of weeks' time. It is. Uh, yeah, six weeks ago we said that Redlands have a very, very thin path to safety. They are down to the final boss. <laughs> and in a, and you would actually, you'd actually give them on form, uh, you'd almost give them a chance. Because they're going to go into this game, six games unbeaten, I think, or um, on a bit of a run. Kapalabar have pretty much, they've stopped in their track. They've, they've been for the last few weeks, one point yeah. to qualify. And they have failed at every attempt. So momentum is with Redlands. So this sets up probably one of the biggest games, I would say, in the last few years in a regular season in the MPL. And the one thing I want to almost plead with Football Queensland, is change the schedule. <laughs> please, 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 please put this game away, especially being scheduled for 5pm October 24, which will make, which will clash with uh, Lions v Raw FFA Cup. Please change it. That, because there is a lot of people that would otherwise not follow MPL have all of a sudden have got interest in this. Have seen how Redlands have somehow out of nowhere, you know, manufactures miracle. And even if they go down, it still would be a credit to Redlands. They fought right to the last 90 minutes of their season. So at the mo and at the moment, making us choose between you know the Roaring Lions and FFA Cup and you know what is potentially a massive game, which will be a massive game for Kapalabar at Max Haynes Field. They'll, they'll probably get a huge crowd if it doesn't clash. Yeah, you know, Football Queensland, please, you know, the competition's apart, please have a look at and change it. Okay, move to Friday night, move to Saturday that weekend. But you know what? Sunday at 5 p.m., which clashing with the FFA Cup game, you would rob a lot of people the opportunity to see this play out live at, um, at Max Haynes Field. There's a bit of self-interest in that, but I completely agree with you. I would also wouldn't mind it seeing more move forward a week so, because I do think it's a game which deserves its billing in terms of not just not just um, in terms of credit, also deserves billing in terms of the commentary and the production around it because it's. I mean, these two sides have played plenty of games over their, their histories, but I would hazard a guess they would never have played a game with so much at stake between the two sides. It's a spot in the top division in Queensland football. On the line for one of them, you mentioned the momentum is with Redlands. The odds, however, are with Kapalabar, given they only need a point in the game. Redlands have to go to, to Kapalabar and win. They went there last year and they were soundly beaten. They did win the first derby this year, Redlands, but it's just, I know it's both very, very interesting to see what happens and we'll have to wait and see if it does. Yeah. But either way, whenever it is played, it's going to be a massive game and I'm sure the Redland City football community down there by the bay will get out in droves to that game and I'm sure it'll be absolutely engrossing no matter when it is. Yeah, absolutely. And I just yeah, I just can't score enough that yeah, it like I said the the people that we've talking spoken to about online, like I said, we've been pumping it up for 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 um, months almost almost as a like to admittedly almost as a running joke. And we and that, and we've even mistakenly already on our socials, mistakenly relegated Redlands. So they're, they're probably even sticking it to us. 
Um, so how dare, how dare you for half an hour post that uh, Redlands are relegated because, again, we relied on Capalabar getting a result and didn't didn't end up happening. Um, so, so yeah, it deserves its final final bow. Uh, and also sort of underscores what people have been saying for years in, in the wider community of football in this country is that this is what rele- promotion relegation, this is the sort of stuff it breeds. Because if if MPL was a closed shop, no one would care, yeah. other than being it being a derby. This is now for a place in the 2022, you know, MPL in Queensland. That this game. So I just I just hope and pray that you know that that, that football Queensland can read the room and actually see and actually schedule this game appropriately. Be it next week in a catch up round, or you know maybe Friday or Saturday. But get it away from that sky clash with that raw. Um, the raw Lions FFA Cup tie. Absolutely. And we saw last year what the Brisbane City Olympic game did in the final and what mm. an absolutely engrossing match that was. And we saw, we, I know, I remember seeing people from from many, many different clubs who had no vested interest in the outcome whatsoever. They were there at that game because they wanted to see what it would be like. And this will be times 10 because it's not one team's future on the line in that game. It's two. So I really hope it's given the treatment it deserves. The final game, of the round, Adam was a 3-2 in for goal coach against the already relegated Brisbane Strikers. Two goals for Jared Kyle, one for Tom Fagans, Tay Jackson and Tomoki Asakawa on the scores for Gold Coast. It's a result which doesn't really change a great deal as we look to the table. Peninsula Power, they are officially the MPL Premiers in Queensland for 2021 for the second straight time. They are on 59 points with two games to play. Brisbane Raw are in second on 54. Lions, 50 points from with one game to play. Olympic on 49 points. Sunshine Coast Wanderers on 47 and Gold Coast Knights on 46. Other teams still in play. Those three teams have two games left to play, however, so it's a four-point gap between Lions and Gold Coast. I'm counting Gold Coast in this, but technically it's a pretty much a three-point gap between Lions, Olympic and Sunshine Coast Wanderers. And it comes down to what happens next week, doesn't it, between Lions and Morton Bay. If Lions win, they're in. If not, they're going to have to sweat it out. Yep, and um, yeah, look, and that, that's going to be a very tricky tie for um, a tr- sorry, a tricky fixture for Lions. Even though they're at home, and obviously they've got a great record, and they're expected to win. Uh, Morton Bay with nothing else to lose and scoring for fun at the moment, uh, they could make things very, very interesting. They are they're the entertaining basketball team. That's what they are, Morton Bay United, <laughs> and they would love nothing more than to ruin Lions' party. However, I think in fairness, when we've seen Lions drop games in the last couple of years they tend to bounce back pretty strong and I, I imagine that looks will do that once again given they have got that big cup tie a week after. Absolutely. Um no, that's the and that's the other thing that you know can work for and against them is is that yeah that that they will back said is the final preparation for that the big big FFA cup match uh, a week later. But also as well that they could be guilty of having one eye on that. So they've just got to be careful that they don't uh they'd be too complacent. But look, you're right, lines they lose a game, I think they will bounce back. Absolutely. We'll move on now to the FQPL, FQPL and we'll go in chronological order here, Adam, with the game which was played first. That was the FQPL 2 grand final between the Premier's Caboolture FC and Grain Sissel, who finished third place on the table. However, it was the third place Grain Sissel who won the game by three goals to one. Cameron Cristani gave Caboolture the lead in the 13th minute. However, goals from Stuart Somerville, Moritz McGrath and Caleb Mabry are fantastic. Look at that. In a moment, that was the three goals for Grains Thistle. Luca Pullen sent off for Caboolture on and around the hour mark. And apart from that opening 20, 25 minutes, Grains were the better side in this game. They thoroughly deserved the win, didn't they? Yes. Um, I, yeah, it was... Uh, yeah, Grange, they, they bounced back after that after that goal that, that Cam Cristani scored, who has a habit of uh, getting, being the first goal scorer in a grand final. He does. Um yeah, and from that from that point, it pretty much uh, Grange turned on his head, and um, it, it never really recovered for Caboolture. They, they were uh, they were second best for most of the night, and when Luca Paul did get sent off for a fairly rash challenge on uh, Luca Jaramillo, the um, Grange Grange keeper, yeah, that was pretty much the end of the section. In fact, it was it was actually a bit of a celebration, especially the um, the third goal. It was, and look. Kowalja had a couple of trump cards to play off the bench. They did it actually at halftime. They brought on Sean Ferrugil and Joe Copas, who've been two of their most frequent goal scorers in the in throughout the season. And obviously, Coach Terry Cookham had a plan 
with bringing those players in. And he brought both on at halftime. And it was it almost backfired given Grains took the lead five minutes later. And I think you're at the red car for Liverpool. It was it wasn't a great change, but I can see why he mm. why he made he was trying to get to the ball. He just didn't quite get there first ahead of the goalkeeper. The goalkeeper beat him to the ball and he made contact. It's an easy decision for the referee. Unfortunately, I also say both sides had a penalty which was saved. Granger's was scored on the follow-up by Stuart Somerville. Kabulch's was not. So that was also added to the drama of the occasion. But the goal from Caleb Mayberry on its own was more than enough to, to be worthy of winning the game. What a fantastic strike that was with two minutes to go. I probably, uh, look, yeah, Caleb Mayberry, he struck it sweetly. But also as well, I'd like to also, in that goal, um, also want to mention the, uh, the, par- the pass from uh, Owen Thomas so just actually set up on a plate and it was, yeah, it, it was a fitting end to a great game played in front of a great atmosphere. And I, I just got to say, you know, as well, congratulations to Football Queensland, congratulations to uh, Peninsula Power, Craig Furigal, the president and his committee and everyone involved. That was a great night last night at, um, at AJ Kelly Park and very fitting for the first doubleheader for doubleheader grand final for um, the FQPL competition. So, it, and I, I, I dare say that it might be a home for a while for uh, for for those grand finals because it was a, it was a great night. It was a great night. It was a great crowd. Obviously, Brisbane City were in the under twenty three's grand finals. We'll talk about mm. them later on. But they had they had their fans already there, and you had also had a few fans from Sunny Coast around. But you had Grange and Caboolture as well. So a lot of lot of a lot of people there, and it was for that game in particular. It was an absolutely Fantastic game. You're going to call it a cross from Owen Thompson. I'm going to call it a nice loop to the back post because that's what it really was. But it was a fantastic goal. Now, let's after the game, we caught up with the coach and captain of Grange. Let's listen to what Glenn Volker and Matt Hornby had to say after their win in the FQPL 2 grand final over Kabul FC. Coach Grace, Glenn 3-1 winners here in the FQPL 2 grand final. You must be probably proud of your side's performance tonight. Yeah, obviously. The boys were fantastic. They've been... They were great last week and they, they backed it up again tonight with the performance. Um, difficult season. Unfortunate to finish third. We thought, you know, it's sort of mid-season. We really had a chance to push the bullshit, but they, they showed their class and went away with it. But, yeah, tonight was 1v1 matchups with them. We've really enjoyed, but, you know, two each now, so... You mentioned it was chasing them down mid-season, but it was two, three really even games during the season. That must have given you a lot of confidence going into this game that they might have been the runaway premiers, but your side was more than a match for them. Yeah, yeah, we knew that on our on our day we were easily, well, not easily, because they almost snuck, snuck it at the end and, and came back. I think we were the, probably the better team over the course of the game, but you just they're just so dangerous. I think... Um, Last time we beat them at um, at Thistle, they went down to 10 men as well when Cameron went off, and they're almost more dangerous with 10. They just, just go at you. Um, so, you know, Terry's got them doing the job well, and it's always a tough game, but it's so good to get that win. You mentioned you had no momentum going into the halftime break. What was your message at the break to the players to try and push on with that because it seemed to work quite nicely for you? Yeah, look, we're not traditionally really good after halftime, but um, we showed last week and again this week, I think, that... You know, the boys were had sort of learnt from some of those mistakes, but we just we just talked about a few tactical tweaks. We knew what they were trying to do to us, um, and we just talked about a couple of ways that we could get at them a little bit better. And you know, it sort of worked for the most part. But then we, you know, tired legs, got into a bit of bit of pinball with them for a while, and um, had to really made some subs at the end, and we sort of were able to sort of close it out. But yeah. And just finally, what does this mean for Grangers as a club to be the inaugural FPPL two champions? Oh well, I don't. Count us the champions. I think we were the grand final winners. Um, Caboolture are the champions of the FQPL too, and they deservedly so. But I think from where, I mean, see, for me, coming into Grange newly this year and fairly late on, it was, um, I think it's been a really good building season for us. Um, the boys have learned how to, to win. Now it's just a matter of taking that off season, just sort of making sure we, we restock and assess what we're doing. And then um, I think next year we'll come back bigger than, better than ever, hopefully. Right, so we're the captain of Grange. This is all Matt Hornby. Matt, congratulations. That's an unbelievable force on your side there tonight. Yeah, thank you, mate. It was, uh, it was definitely a tough game, but very enjoyable to get the, the result. We uh, we just definitely deserve something this year. Uh, obviously tough opponents, but we, again, we're, we seem to turn up for the big games and glad we did tonight. You mentioned tough opponents. You've played them three times. You've all been really close games. That give you confidence going into this game that you could get a result tonight? But you've always got to be confident going to finals. If you're not confident, you're not going to win. So, um, 
Yeah, I back us. Uh, we, when we get the ball down, we play football. Uh, I'm always confident that we're going to score goals. Again, they're very class. Cameron Cristani, Richie Hurland, Sean Furigal. You know it's going to be a battle. Uh, you know they're going to deliver, and they did, definitely did in the first 10 minutes. And they made life difficult for us even when they went down to 10 men. So props to them. Um, what was your message to the players going down the early goal? Uh, just keep your heads. So that these sort of occasions can over overawe you a little bit. So fortunately for us, we kept our heads. I missed a dodgy penalty, but Stu followed it up. So um, that settled us a little bit, I think. They all counted the goal at the end there. For maybe that's an unbelievable strike, isn't it? Top uh, corner. Definitely. It's one out of ten from Pal, but fair play to him. Uh, he puts himself in the right spots, and you've got to be there. You've got to buy a ticket to get the reward, don't you? So. That's a good be back here on AJ Kelly Park. Ah, oh, definitely, mate. I was driving over the Horny Brook and it just felt right. Hey, like you don't get too many surfaces like this in Brisbane, do you? So ours is a bit bumpy at home, but again, look at it. Have a look at it. It's unreal. Fantastic. Fantastic. It's always like congratulations and going to enjoy the celebration. Thanks, I appreciate Thank it. And that was what Glenn Volker and Matt Hornby had to say from Grain Sizzle. Congratulations once again to Grain Sizzle Football Club, the inaugural grand final champions in FQPL2. That was, however, only the first of two senior grand finals on the night out there at AJ Kelly Park. Adam, the other one was in FQPL1, and it was Brisbane City 4, South West Queensland Thunder 1. Brisbane City complete their perfect season, 22 games played, 22 games won, but it was far more complicated than that, particularly in the first half. Beko Sarugo gave Thunder the lead. In the 18th minute before a second-half blitz from City, starting with an own goal in the 52nd minute before Tyson Martin in the 60th, Brendan Rees in the 80th, and Koji Kato wrapped up in the 88th minute. But you look at the score, 4-1 in favour of Brisbane City, you think, oh, it was a really comfortable win for City. That was certainly not the case in the first half. Thunder were well well worth their lead. Absolutely not. That, that scoreline really flattered Brisbane City at the end of the, end of the day. Because um, in the first half, especially with Thunder leading, City looked like a team that were, I guess, burdened with under the pressure of yeah you know, of performing on the on the big stage. Uh, I think Thunder started well. They they, they had they played well in the first half to contain uh, Brisbane City, but uh, it was almost like a in the second half, it was almost the you know the luck turning on on, on the back of a very bizarre goal, which uh, which uh, saw which saw Jacob Bigby uh, be the the player credit with the own goal. And then from there, the floodgates opened for um, Brisbane City. Uh, Tyson Martin, I think he may have a case to answer for for gimmick infringement uh, from right. <laughs> from uh, Ivan French and Massimo Madoka. Uh, <laughs> if, if, if those who haven't seen it, the, uh, the famous uh, canoe ce- celebration came out um, <laughs> last night. Uh, if if you haven't go go YouTube it, but um but yeah but after that, uh, Koji Kato getting on the score sheet late as well as uh, who I can't remember Brent the other Brent, yeah, Brent Reeves of course. But at the end of the day, um, you see with the better they feature all over top. But yeah, look four one I think was as I said was a bit, a bit flattering. I, I it, what I'm flattering might be pushed. I think the the fourth goal is probably a bit harsh on on mm. Thunder. I think. The early goal in the second half was what really changed the game. It was, was what look, Brisbane City got the goal when Kabulcha needed it in the early game. Kabulcha yeah. needed a goal then to try and get some ascendancy back. Brisbane City got the goal to get back into the game at one all, and then from that point on, they, they went ahead not long after. And at that point, you thought this is going to be a really really tough ask for the Thunder. And Brisbane City did what they've from that point they did what they've done to everyone in the season. They just strangled the life out of them and just made it, made it impossible for teams to create chances against them. And that's what they've done all season long. They've, they haven't trailed many times. So for them to come back from a goal down is not something they've had to do too many times. So that's a great achievement for them. But 22 games played, 22 wins is just... They, look, we've said before they shouldn't have been in this position in the first place, but that's a fantastic response. From We've talked to Matt, we'll listen to what he said in a minute, but... From where they were to where they are now, it's been a massive transformation. Absolutely, and um, yeah, it, the challenges didn't fit right to the end. We we discussed we discussed it last night while we, when we were at the ground was that uh, I think it was only the fourth time that uh, that Brisbane City had trialed all season. Twice of those were against Thunder. That's including that's including cup ties, mind you, but also as well fifty nine, um, so fifty six minutes. From the 18th to the 56th minute, that's a lot, the longest time that City have trailed in a game. So, um, so yeah, it was a case of even up in their final game 
game that they were actually challenged. And they had to and they had to find a way to um to overcome it. So it, it's a fantastic achievement. I think at the end of the day, you can say what you want about the standard of FQPL one in comparison to say that the MPL or whatnot, but to have the motivations to still win twenty two games at twenty two, uh, look that that that's uh, a very very well deserved uh, you know achievement by them. I think it's fair to say the standard does vary from top to bottom. It certainly does probably much more than, not much more than, but certainly more than the NPL does from the top of FQPL1 to the bottom. There's a fair gap between those sides. But this is obviously Thunder's second straight grand final where mm. they've fallen short. They've led both games, actually, yep. ironically, for a fair period of time. They're right there, aren't they? You can see how close they are to securing a trophy, whether it's a grand final or a promotion spot. And, They've been they've been a really solid team as well for the last two years, and you have to say that they would be one of the favourites next year to be in the promotion race. Absolutely, I think for Thunder they they did they still need to uh, keep their head, heads up high. Um, like with the exception of Cap of the two Italians, um, Pascal Davida, who was injured, that that that's a big loss for them. Um, I, I I sort of in a way wonder if he had been in the side, you know, where they they could have you know, got a two-goal lead and really sort of tested you know, City. or And also as well, you know, Mirko Crociata, who again was, you know, I'm, we, don't, we don't get to see uh, Thunder too often live. Every time we see him play, we go away impressed with him, the captain. Um, but I think besides that, the rest of the side are mostly Toowoomba products. So they, not, not only is it a great achievement they're in FQPL that they are performing and getting results and getting to the big games, even though they're not you know, closing it off, they're doing it with talent, local talent, which eventually that will be rewarded. So, you know, I think, I think again, I think with two teams to go up next season, I would say they're probably one of the favourites potentially to, um, to go back up. We did say that last season that they were one of the favourites, and they just fell just short. So... Look, let's see what happens, but I think they I think they are where they want to be. I think I think it's good to see them, you know, thriving after many, many sort of lean years, especially in the top flight. There's not a Brisbane City sized opponent to go up against next year Fulham in FQPL one either. We'll have to wait and see what happens. But after the game we did catch up with the captain and coach of Brisbane City, Matt Smith and Daniel Bowles. That's what they both had to say on the field after the win over South Wales Thunder to secure the FQPL one grand final. Alright, we're joined by the captain and coach of Brisbane City, Matt Smith, and John Denville. Guys, congratulations. 4 1 winners over, over Thunder in the Cup final. Matt, you must be delighted with this side's performance. Yeah, I think that um, the game, game of two halves, really. I think that the first half, there was a, a couple of tactical things that we needed to adjust, and the boys applied themselves excessively well, second half. I mean, to come, to, to come back from, from a goal down and, and then perform like the way they performed. Look, I can't ask for anything more, that, not only tonight, but for the whole season. You've been involved in pretty special grand final comebacks in your career. Did you channel any of that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think that's. Uh, I've always come from behind in grand final, so um, I don't like that thought. But um, again, the, the, the message at half time was was quite simple: stay calm, make sure that we do our roles, tweak a couple of tactical things, and I knew we'd get chances. Um, again, the boys executed the plan very, 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 very well. Yeah, um, I think it was um, it was a tough game. It always is when we when we play Thunder, um, you know. And we like Smitty said, we we knew we'd be up for a, a tough game. They came out firing and, and we made some tactical changes at halftime. And um, you know, we we were on the front foot for the second half. And you know, I think we you know we deserved the win. We had we had chances first half as well. We could have wrapped it up early, but I think um, full credit to Thunder. It's always a tough game. And, um, you know, it's really, um, I'm truly happy for the club and, and for the boys for um, all their hard work this season. Absolutely. And Matt, um, we're thinking back 12 months ago there at Goodwin Park, Arsenal side just got relegated. Yeah, the boys in a big circle. Is this almost the culmination of the 12-month journey you've been on from that moment to get to here now? No, I think that the, the, the kind of the rebuild started probably in that circle, right? The, the very next day, we were very, very busy planning what we've created today. Like, so there's, a, again... It's not just off the cuff that, 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 we, that, that we are in the position that we're in. And there's been lots of work from, from players to coaches to board members to volunteers to, to parents to families in what is a tough league. You know, it, it's, there's, no, there's no doubt about it. Like, we've had some very, very tough games this year. Um, I don't know that the table seems a bit different, but for anyone to think that it's, it's been an easy season, the FQPL is, is a very competitive league. And so I know you were very focused after you got the promotion with finishing off the season 
unbeaten and finishing off in the finals. Most of pleased with the way the side carried that out towards the end of the season. Yeah, look, we're all about creating something for our juniors and we're all about for our juniors to aspire to our to, 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 to our top team. You know, like, obviously, if we if we do things well within our processes, um, players do their roles, coaches do their roles, um, we knew that it would all come together. But, but again, there's um, a lo- along that journey, I guess what's being built from a cultural point of view is probably just as um, in just as high in terms of recognition for the silverware that we've now that we've now got. Player, coach, and technical director Matt Smith, who didn't play last night, as well as captain Daniel Bowles. And Adam, Matt Smith's used to coming back from behind in grand finals, isn't he? He's done it what, how many times now? One, two, three, four. It's just become a habit, isn't it? Yeah, he uh, yeah he does. He's, he's sort of. Uh... It'd be the sort of person that you want to to be in your corner, you know, when you have to come down de- from deficit in a big game. Uh, yeah, he, he probably has more experience more than anyone else. Absolutely, most certainly does. Now we'll move on to the women's side of the game. We'll start off with the FQPL women's round four. There was a game played midweek between Brisbane City and Western Pride. That was a two-all draw from round six there. But what was it? Brisbane City two, Western Pride two. And in the games played over the course of the weekend, Western Pride two, Olympic FC Two Virginia five Southwest Queensland Thunder nil Mitchelton one over the nil over the gap and in the final game Logan picked up a win over Peninsula Power but the interest in this competition Adam is it's essentially now a two horse race between Olympic FC and Western Pride for that fight for that promotion spot and it's probably fair to say Western Pride might have missed their chance by not winning that game at Briggs Road where they led twice against Olympic couldn't see it out. There's a three-point gap between the so they'll go through the permutations in a moment but I think Western Prime, they might look back on that game on Saturday and think they might have let it slip. Yeah, I think so. I think that was the last roll of dice for for Western Pride for, to, to at least um, have it in their own destiny. Um, I think, yeah, I think Olympic, I think they only need a point a, a point in their last in the last fixture and they and they will earn promotion. I think uh, they're probably of you know, in the second part of the of the competition when that now it's sort of classified under FQPL women. I think Olympic probably the ones that deserve it. I think uh, they they actually were fished ahead of uh, QAS in before the split. So I think for them it's it's justice as far as them being part of MPL next season. Like obviously QAS being you know being shielded as far as their participation in MPL. There are reasons for it. I agree in some part. I disagree in other parts. But uh, I think for Olympic that, you know, for them, it gives them some meaning and at least some success to earn that promotion and probably give them confidence into next season. But we probably thought that they were probably favourites along with Western Pride to be able to, you know, to go to be part of the nine-team MPL women's next season. So you mentioned that Olympic were ahead of the QAS. So too were Western Pride. Western Pride went into the competition. They left it on 24 points. Olympic had 23 going into the FQPL one. So they both were FQPL women, I should say. So they were both ahead of them. But it's, I think Western Pride they had, they played the top two sides in the last over the last seven days, and they were not able to get the job mm. done. So it might be a very tall order from here. In the final round, Olympic played Brisbane City, where as long as they avoid a defeat, they will be promoted. They have a three-point lead as it is. So. Any positive result for Olympic will be enough for them to secure the spot in the MPL. For Western Pride, they need to beat Mitchelton, have Olympic lose to Brisbane City, and they have to close a goal difference of nine. So they need they need to put a number on Mitchelton and hope that Brisbane City can beat Olympic. That's a potential. There is also a scenario, Adam, where all three of these teams could finish on 42 points. And for that one, for, for to favour Brisbane City, they have to beat Olympic. Mitchelton need to beat Western Pride. And they have to close a goal difference of 39 on Olympic and 30 on Western Pride. So they might need to start on that about now. So I think it's probably a fair to say it's between Western Pride and Olympic. And if this is done 10 times, Olympic get promoted nine. It's fair to say, isn't it? It is. And uh, yeah, there'll be no uh, playing of the of the great escape for Brisbane City women because, yeah, they, they, they that would be a great that. Escape. Darcy that. Wilson's a very, very good striker, but she's not that good. Um, but yeah, look, it all, all jokes aside, yeah, I think it, it really does come down to Olympic and Western Pride. I think Western Pride, their their chance, you know, went out uh, when they drew on the weekend. So, but look, uh, never say never, as we have learned 
again, with uh, reflecting on rhythms in the MPL, never say never. And you just said it four times in 15 seconds, so there you go. <laughs> anyway, we'll move on to MPL Women's Round 4. Lions SC wrapped up their unbeaten season with a 3-0 win over Capella. Goals from Amy Gunson, Tegan Riding, and Madison Tickle. They Obviously, they finished in first place. Obviously, they will play Eastern Suburbs in the semifinals. We'll talk about that in a moment. The second semifinal will be hosted by Gold Coast United after they beat Capella. They beat East by one goal. So a goal from Charlotte Adams in the 26th minute there, Adam. That's We've been following this for the last couple of weeks to see who would get that second semifinal at home. And after Capalaba dropped the game at, Q, at home to QAS last week, the door was wide open for Gold Coast, and they stepped right through, and they will host next weekend. Yeah, I think that's an advantage, Gold Coast United. Although, uh, last season, uh, they did host, as premiers, they did host Logan, and uh, they they were beaten. So maybe home field is not as precious, but I think there'll also be a determination um, for for Gold Coast and uh, I think Alex Bundelow that the the um the what happened last season is not repeated. Absolutely, they did right. They finished first last year and fell in the semi-finals. The other two games played over the weekend. It was a three-one win for the Sunshine Coast Wanderers away to Morton Bay on the Friday night. Two goals from Chelsea Scarf, one for Tiffany Scarf, still Woodford on the score sheet for Morton Bay United in the final game of the, of the regular season. It was a one-all draw at Meekin Park between the QAS and South United. Ellero Grady in the first minute. Amy Moreland got a goal equaliser for South United with 15 minutes to go. We'll go through the table in NPL Women's given the season is now completed. Lions SC, they are the runaway premiers on 65 points. It's a 13-point gap back to Gold Coast United in second. They're on 52 points. Capalabar finish on 50. Eastern Suburbs, eight points further back on 42. Then South United, 38. Sunshine Coast Wanderers, 34. Morton Bay, 33. And the QAS, 27, Adam. And it's fair to say that the best four teams, particularly the best four teams since the split, are in the top four. South United obviously started the season very well, but they've dropped too many points in this second phase, haven't they? And East have come home really strongly, and these are the four best sides on the, over the course of the season, and particularly on form going into the semifinals. Yeah, look, absolutely. Um, obviously, it's going to be a huge task for East to go to the gold line and you know get a result with everything on the line. But look, again, East were the last team to beat Lions on that ground, uh, and last team to beat Lions full stop, and they did draw one all. So they may have the key to be able to, you know, really trouble this line side. But, you know, 129 goals for the season, 12 against uh, regular season. It's, uh, we said that Lions all-time is probably the second, they're the second best team of all time behind the uh, 2016 gap side. Uh, but, yeah, like I said, they, they've got eyes on the treble now. And I think, yeah, it, it would be a shock if they don't, if uh, they don't sort of complete that. But um, look, again, it's a new season. Uh, you know, we've spoken to Rob Askew on a number of occasions in the run-up. I mean, he believes, I think the squad believes that, you know what, it, it is a new season uh, come next week. And so it's, it's, it's two games to the finish. I see. We'll, we'll go through these two games individually and uh, do a preview of them because we've got a bit of time. Um, these two Lions, this is firstly, when they met in the first phase of the season in round three, it was a 4-1 win for Lions over... Ethan's at Lions. That's something interesting that they were able to get a 4-1 win at home. However, not too long ago, to your point, it was a two-all draw at at Heath Park for Ethan Summers at home to Lions. And it was not until the 93rd minute from Tara O'Keefe that Lions were able to get out of jail in that game. They were not at their best. I think that was just after they had the um, Kappa Cup final and also the they wrapped up the league the week before. So it was kind of on the back of a double celebration. Perhaps they were still slightly celebrating a bit too much, but... Do you think that might actually work against this? Having had that good result again, or that competitive result against them so recently, might sharpen the focus of, the, of that really top line side and see them come out and dominate the game at the weekend. Yeah, look, I think it does. I think the element of surprise is gone. I'm, I'm sure that Lions will be ready for this challenge. And like, obviously, um, obviously, those sort of those anecdotes about East, you know, you know, getting the draw early in the season, being the last team to beat them. Look, uh, that, that that's one thing, but um, yeah, I, I think East will have to have to play the games of their lives, and uh, Lions will have to be off a little bit. I think for for it to be, um, you know, for there to be an upset, and that's um, look, it's no disrespect to East, but this is, this is 
one of the best teams that we've seen um, assembled uh, in in women's football in this state. And uh, yeah, it would be very very difficult. At least at least the semi final, grand final again. That's its own beast. Um, you never know what will happen. But for the semi final, yeah, I think um, Lions. I expect them to be too good. Absolutely. And in the second semi-final, there's Gold Coast note at home to Capalaba. When the sides met, again, in round three, funnily enough, of the first phase of the season, it was a 3-0 win for Gold Coast United at home against Capalaba down there. On the Gold Coast, the, the uh, score was flipped around when they met in the second phase at Max Hansfield. That was a 2-1 win for Capalaba on that occasion. So it's one win each. I, I genuinely think this is an absolute coin toss, Adam. I'm... I can't split these two sides. I think they've both got a lot of positives about them. They've got some things that maybe they're slight weaknesses, but I just think they're that even that it's genuinely a coin toss. And I don't even think home field advantage plays much of a difference either. I just think that they're that even. I wouldn't be surprised if this is the game that goes to extra time and maybe all the way to penalties. Yeah, look, that, that was what I was thinking. I was thinking it's a coin toss. And also as well, I, I'm not willing to make a prediction on this until I see the the, um, the squads and team sheets because that is going to be so crucial who plays. Um, especially Kapalabar, uh, like I said, if they, if they have their full complement available, no, I'm talking about players like an Amy Chapman, you, you know, you know and, and a number of those other pl- other top-line you know, players that have got experience. That change that changes the game a lot. Um, it uh, same with Gold Coast um, United. I know they've had a lot of problems, um, obviously, with you know players being allowed to to travel because of the um, of the border restrictions. I'm not sure. Again, I know that that uh, New South Wales or at least the Great Sydney area does come out of lockdown. I don't know how that affects the uh, regional uh, New South Wales and where they can get whether those players that are stuck, namely a D. Uh, a D. Thompson. Who is so critical to that 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 um, struggle on where she'll be available? So it's obviously a team sheet. I'm really not willing to make a prediction because I think it's that you're right. I think it's that even. I think it's let the 90 minutes happen and see where it goes. I'll make one prediction. It'll be a very very tight game. Apart from that, I have no idea who's going to win that game. It'll be very interesting to see what happens. But that is the two semi-finals in the MPL Women's. It's very interesting. It's it is a to buy a week next weekend in the NPL. So there are still a couple of games to be played out of me. know that Peninsula Power, they will host Gold Coast, as we mentioned. That is obviously where they will pick up the trophy. I think Sunset Coast Wanderers are also at home to Magpies, who play twice in the next seven to ten days. They also play Olympic midweek, so those two catch-up games are really crucial. And also the game between Lions and Morton Bay in the final round of the regular season. That has been brought forward a week due to the, the Lions FFA Cup tie. So there's four games... Oh, three games the next weekend, one in midweek in the NPL men's, as well as two semi-finals. So, we have a quiet weekend next weekend. But uh, we can really focus on each individual matchup. We can, and I'm hoping there'll be one more match that we move to next weekend. I knew I was that. I knew that was coming. <laughs> but before before you get yourself in any more trouble with the powers above, all the powers that run the competition, I should say. Um, who's your performer of the week? Hmm, that's a good question because there's been some mighty, mighty performances. Um. Look, I think we we said yesterday we agreed we agreed that um, that we agreed on one you know standout performance uh, from the FQPL two four. I'm gonna let you have that one because I'm going to I'm going to give the, my performance of the week to Rio Ono. Um, three goals, two very spectacular goals for Morton Bay. Uh, yes, I'm a, I'm a Morton Bay shill, uh, so sue me. But no, look, uh, Rio Ono. Uh, look, he he has been you know. A, you know, a player that has sort of, you can see the last couple of years, he has really sort of lifted his game season on season. Um, and look, I expect even bigger things next season for him, for, uh, hopefully at Morton Bay. I'm not sure where his, um, his status as far as where he plays next season, but where it is, uh, he, he is one of the uh, one of the best players in the league. You are a Morton Bay shill, but in all seriousness, Rio is 21 goals this season. It is his third on the table on the Golden Boot, and he's had a fantastic First season at Morton Bay, following off of what he did at Capalaba last year in the MPL and before that, in the QPL before that. So he's a tremendous talent. I will take the goal the, um, formerly from FQPL to Caleb Mayberry. It was a fantastic strike into the top corner. You, you don't score goals, that, goals like that very often. And when you do it in a grand final, it might not have been the winner given they were already 2-1 up. But when you score a goal like that in the grand final, it deserves extra special mention. And I think I might have called it goal of the year. I kind of regret that, given the goal in from Oliver Duncan in Mackay, but 
it's still a fantastic finish. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Look, the occasion as well. It, it befitted the goal. Um, look, yeah. Even as neutrals, we were very, very excited by what we saw go in. I think everyone at AJ Kelly, at AJ Kelly, you know, they they celebrated that goal with um, uh, with Caleb Mabry. Now it was it was a great moment. I think they're hopefully one that will get replayed over and over um, for many years to come, especially uh, within the FQPL. With the possible exception of the Caboolture fans, I completely agree. So that will do it for this edition of the NPL Sunday Show. Adam, thanks for me once again. Yep, thanks, Scott. All right, we'll be back next weekend to recap the two semifinals in the NPL Women's as well as the catch-up games in the NPL Women's. So we'll talk to you all once again next weekend.